0: Good morning. Good morning. Everybody say good morning. Well, we are glad you guys are here today. Um, you know me, I I just, you know, I, I don't want to do the same thing because I do the same thing. I heard a story about, um, about a couple that, uh, they were, they were newlywed couple and they, they had this pan and the, and the, the new newlywed wife was going to cook a ham and they took this ham and She took the end of the ham and cut it off and put it into the pan. And the daughter said, Mom, said, Why do you cut the end of the ham off to put it in the pan? And she said, I don't know. She said, I I need to ask my mother, which would be your grandmother. You need to ask her. So she went to the grandmother and she said, Grandma, how come they cut the end of the ham off to put it to to put, you know, to to cook for dinner or whatever? And she said, I don't know. She said, You're gonna have to talk to your great-grandma. So she went to the great-grandmother and she said, Great grandma she said, Why do the they cut the end of the ham off? I've asked mom and she said to ask grandma and grandma said to ask you. And she said, I don't know why your your grandmother or your mother do it, but I did it because it didn't fit in the end of the pan or the pan, so I cut the end of the ham off to put it in the pan. (laughs) So sometimes we do things out of habit. Sometimes we just do things we do it because we do it because we just do it. And I don't want to do that, so I'm gonna shift some things up for you guys today. I got up this morning and I just, I woke up in a preaching mood and I woke up in a declaring mood and I, I woke up in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, dream that it was just like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm battling and I'm fighting and I'm wrestling. And how many of you guys have felt like that you've been in a battle? How many of you felt like that? It's just been a difficult, there's been difficult times. How many of you had some difficult times? I can make this, I can make this question so broad that everybody would raise their hand. But um, sometimes when we get to that place, We've got to realize there are some foundational things within us. And when the, when you understand those foundational things within you, you're going to begin to be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You're going to be able to step in to that place. So I want to get to a place today, and then we're going to finish up with some praise and worship because I don't want to send you home with a moan. I want to send you out with a shout. Amen? Amen. Can we start off with a hand clap to the Lord this morning? Turn to the person next to you and say, good morning. We're glad you're here today. Okay, some of you are saying, what about this great big light bulb display? Those things are 5 or 6 or $7 a box. There's quite a few of them over there. There is a display there with light. If you have not guessed how many light bulbs are in that display, there, next to it there is a basket and there's some pieces of paper. Just put your name, put your guest. Um, I can tell you right now, there's more than a hundred. I can also tell you that there's probably not only more than a hundred, there's more than a thousand. So that'll get you started. Here's our goal. What we're going to do over the next few weeks is is take some, uh, you guys are going to guess to see um, how many light bulbs are in that display. You can stand there and count them all you want to, but there's some in boxes that you don't see. So I, I just wanted you to know the best guess, do the best you possibly can. What we want to do is try to do something to help you personally in your life. And um, you'll be able to save a couple of hundred dollars just on the light bulbs itself. Our goal is when we're done, whoever gets closest without going over, we are going to have you bring in your electric bill for one month and we are going to pay for your electric bill. Anybody want to have the blessing of the Lord to take care of that? Amen. You know, it's like, hey, you know what? And um, so I want to be able to have it. I told Shelly, I said, do you think I can qualify because I know the amount? She was like, no, Eric, that's not, that's, you can't do that. So I want us to be able to do that. Then here's the other thing we're going to do. Those of you that are here, we're going to, I'm going to ask you to count how many regular light bulbs you have in your home. And we're going to give those away for you to take and to go home and to swap out your light bulb, light bulbs so you can save A few hundred dollars. Anybody want to save a few hundred dollars a year? Then you'll be able to do that through your electric bill. So our goal is to be able to have you replace those, put those LED bulbs in in your home now, and that will get some savings to you. See, I don't want to just be a church that talks about it. I want to be a church that does something about it. I want us to be able to make a difference in people's lives, and you guys are helping do that. Okay, so this morning, is anybody ready to hear the word this morning? Okay, let me say it again. Anybody ready to hear the word this morning? Yeah, I, I, need, some, I need some participation this morning. I'm going to uh, f- kind of go over a little bit of a review from last week. Uh, we're going to get into the scriptures. We're going to get into a lot of scripture. But uh, there's a couple things that I'm going to need some help with this morning. But I want to pray as we get started this morning. Father, I thank you that as we are gathered together, that your word says that when two come together, And agree on any one thing touching. It will be done for us by our Father which is in heaven. And that we're in agreement, God, that we we need wisdom and revelation today. We ask you to illuminate some things in our hearts and our minds today. And God, I ask you that that this word will go and it will just be pointed to to help people and encourage people to step into that that you've called them to step into. Let them be lights that will shine for you ever so brightly in Jesus' name, and everybody said, "Amen." Amen. Um, so we talked about the display of the lights, uh, Matthew chapter five, if you will. And you got your Bibles, turn with me there. If you've got a, if you've got a, an electronic device, a phone or whatever, feel free to use it. If you've got an iPad, you can bring that or a tablet. Please feel free to bring that. If you've got, you know, just a, the the regular Bible, I struggle trying to use my iPad, um, but I'm I'm getting more and more used to it. But I want to go to Matthew chapter 5, and I want to talk about God is light. Everybody say, God is light. light. We're going to look at some scriptures. I want to lay down a foundation first, and we'll take a look at some scriptures. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, did I tell you verse 14? Let's look at verse 14. We're going to read 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16, let your light shine. Say that. Let your light shine. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So this is going to be a foundational scripture that we're going to use for the next um, few weeks, um, as we talk about letting your light shine, and and I, uh, Shelley said she 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 played a video of um, of Robert Morris, and guess what he was teaching on? He was teaching on let your light shine. I said, okay, all right, so I'm I'm in there. I I'm, I'm in there. God, you're just giving me some confirmation. So, what does light do? And what about light? And 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 what's the definition of light? And and, and, and if we have light in our life, is, are we talking about a physical light? Are we talking about a spiritual light? What are we really talking about? Light is the absence of dark. And we remember last week we brought all the lights down and it was totally dark in here. And we asked you guys to turn on your, your flashlights on your cell phone or the face of your phone. And all of a sudden it began to light up the entire room. And we were able to see quite a bit better. Light itself is, is not only the invention of light, and Thomas Edison did a, an amazing thing inventing light, but, but when we begin to look at the foundation and not only scientifically but biblically what light is, we're going to see that God is light. Light always dispels the darkness. I can hold my hands right here, and inside my hands, there it's actually dark when I close it. But when I open my hands, the light... Always dispels the darkness. Listen, always. Light always dispels darkness. Say that with me. Light always dispels the darkness. And we've got to remember that because when God is light and we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the, the, the spirit of the living God moves on the inside of us, and that is a light that should shine. The question is, are you going to let it out, right? Are you going to let that light shine? Are you going to let it out? So I wanted to look at Marion Webster real quick on some of the things that she defines They defined light is, is something that makes vision possible, a sensation aroused by a stimulation of visual receptors. They talk about electromagnetic radiation. It's a wavelength that travels in a vacuum with a speed of 299,792,458 458 meters. It's about 186,000 miles light travels. I I one time had a refrigerator and I tried to open the door and see if I could open it faster before the light would turn on. Anybody have that? We have a closet in our house and one of them is that the way that it was built it has a little deal on the door frame and you open the closet door and the light turns on. You close the door and the light turns off or does it? I've tried to open it and see if the light would turn on and off if I could catch it doing that but I did find out that when I open the door and then I push on that little button on the door frame that the light does turn on and off but a lot of times we don't realize it because it can travel 186,000 miles per second specifically the radiation that is visible to the human eye and we talk about daylight you know you wake up in the morning and you see you get up in the morning it's daylight and and we know that in the very beginning God Created the heavens and the earth, and He created the lights and the star, You know the, the stars and the sun. He put for the light by day, and the moon He put for the light by night. We also know that you can put a candle in a window, and it will it'll have light. And I see at Christmas time some some electric candles that are in people's homes in the windows. Light can be a, a, can be a, a, a spiritual illumination. The light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. John 1 5. It also talks about reaching out into the pathway of light. And public knowledge. You can all of a sudden be enlightened of, of knowledge. I'm not talking about a, a, a new age kind of thing on light, but God is light. He's created light. And he's created light because it's good. Can I get him can I get an amen there? Amen. That light is good. So there's a particular aspect or appearance of light presented to view. Uh, in in a matter of different light. Did you see that in a different light? You've seen that in a a different way. It talks about a particular illumination, something that enlightens or informs the shed or shed some light on a problem. Um, Also, a set of principles and standards from a certain point of view can be a light in view of their findings and new procedures are established so there can be a A light bulb that comes on. Anybody ever had a light bulb moment? I've had a light bulb moment where, you know, Shelly is really good at some things. And then, you know, she explains it to me from a female perspective. And I'm like, oh, okay, I have a light bulb moment. I understand now. But there's a lot of times when we're trying to communicate. Come on, guys. You're trying to communicate and you're trying to work through that thing. And the light just doesn't come on. And they got it and you don't have it and you're struggling to get it. And then all of a sudden the light bulb comes on. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's not talking about you. Don't worry about that. He's not talking about you today. But I want to I look at another scripture. I want to look at John chapter 1. I want to read verses 1 through 9. Um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was there in the beginning, and the Word is Jesus. So let's look at an, in that light. Verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has not come into being. In him was life, him being Jesus. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 6, there came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him that he is not the light, but he came to testify about the light. Again, we're talking about Jesus. And verse 9 said, there was the true light which was coming into the world to enlighten every man. Look here just a moment. John the Baptist was on the scene, and some were thinking that John the Baptist was the coming of the Messiah, the Messiah that had been predicted, the Messiah that had been prophesied in the Old Testament, the the, the Messiah that the Israelites thought was coming at, at any time. And some were thinking that John the Baptist might be the light, and John was like, I'm not the light, but I do know who the light is. But did he know who the light was? and did he know to what extent he was the light because listen John the Baptist was a cousin of Jesus so they played as kids you know uh, did they play football together did they did they wrestle together did they build stuff together i mean they spent time together so they had probably had picnics not not anything unlike what you would have had with a family and and he was a he. He knew Jesus, but had he seen him in the light? And did he really know what was taking place when the true light, which was Jesus, was coming to enlighten our hearts and and bring forth the kingdom of God? Let me give you a few more scriptures about light, real quick, and then I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna park at a place and you guys can help me. First Thessalonians five five, he says, "You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of." night nor of darkness i got a little story to tell you we went to uh, north carolina I went to north carolina to pick up joel uh one time and he had he had uh, had his car back there and he was going to move out here and finish up his senior year and we uh i i flew into raleigh durham airport and we uh he had a car so we were going to drive his car back so we drove that back it's a 22 hour drive from there you know here and we were going to make that all at once and And we decided that we'd stop, and we pulled off somewhere, and we were in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee, about 4 in the morning. And we stopped at a Waffle House. (laughs) Waffle House! We stopped at a Waffle House. Have you ever been in a Waffle House at 4 o'clock in the morning in Memphis, Tennessee? We were in there, and I'm telling you, they were doing a business. And we were looking around, and Joel was... You know, he was looking around, and he was looking at the people. He'd look at the people, and he'd look at them. More people would come in, and more people would go out. And he was like, Dad, what is this? I said, these are night crawlers. (laughs) No, I'm serious. If you've ever been there at 4 o'clock in the morning, there's some different looking people. I said, these are night crawlers. They only come out at night. Oh, come on, somebody. They only come out at night, and that's how they operate in the darkness. They want to operate in the darkness, and I'm not saying all the people were bad. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying there was a different breed of people, a different culture at night, and they came out of the darkness, and all of a sudden we could begin to see and look at them, and he realized, I think, that there were some different people. They were in the darkness, but how many of you know the darkness did not understand the light? Oh, come on, somebody. And there's some people in a dark place, in a dark place in their life, and they may not understand the light of Jesus Christ and what Jesus can do for them. And that's why it's so important for you to be able to say, wait a minute, I need to go take my light, whatever light I have, and allow them to be able to see that light and to shine that light on them in order for them to be able to be illuminated by the things of God and begin to start seeing God in a new way. I really believe that every, I really believe that people know there's a God. And even some that that say they don't or won't believe in that or believe in something else, I think that the real truth is if, if you really got down in deep with them, you'd find out that they really do believe that there is a God because he's the God that created them. So he talks about not being of the night or nor of darkness. So when you come to a relationship in Jesus Christ, something should change, something you, you should begin to start getting illuminating. There should be some light that takes place. And all of a sudden, I began to start seeing myself differently. Hello? I began to start looking at things that I was doing in the dark and said, You know what? I no longer need to do those things in the dark. Hello? I no longer need to do them, period. But when the light gets shined on there, it's uh, you can hear it. It's kind of like um, a voice. We were uh, on a Wednesday night recently. We kept hearing this. that There was... Uh, a teacher and he was teaching on the video and he was talking about a loud voice. He said, a lot of times we hear this loud voice. We hear this loud voice. We hear this loud voice in the darkness. And then you turn on the light and find out it's a mouse on a microphone in the corner. (laughs) Bill Johnson was talking about, he said, a lot of times we get it. It's all blown up, right? It's bigger than what it is. And then you find out it's just a mouse in the corner with a microphone And it's really not as big as we sometimes think it is, but because of the dark, we don't see it. Ephesians chapter 5, I want to look at verses 6 through 13. It says, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were, listen, this is what we all were if you... Don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's what you are now. You're still in darkness, but we were in darkness, and now we are in the light, in the Lord. I got one amen. So I, I don't know about you, but I was in darkness. I was in darkness before I realized I needed a Savior, before I gave my life to Christ. I was in darkness. I might have lived in the light, some in the light, but it wasn't really in the light. Come on, somebody. It was still in, 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 basically in a shadow. It wasn't pure light. It wasn't the true light, which is Jesus. He says, for you were formerly dark in in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. And he says, walk as children of light for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. Goodness, righteousness and truth. Shelley loves to say God is good All all the time. I mean, it's, it, she has been consistent with that for 19 years that we've been here. She would say, God is good all the time. And then now, now all of a sudden, it, some of you would repeat it. Some of you would say it. Some of you would like, yeah, yeah, kind of, sort of. And now you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it now. There's a light that has come on that you realize that, that God is good. And he is all the time. But you know that God is also called the father of light. So James 1.17 um, says every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of Lights." So when he he's called the father of lights because there is no what? There's no darkness. There's no variation. There's no shifting shadow. Uh, I wonder, you know, I've heard about accounts of people. Um, talking about in the Bible, talking about God and what it's like in the heaven, in the throne room of God. And, and I'm telling you, how many of you know there's no darkness? And it talks about, you know, the, the new Jerusalem and there'll be no light. And you won't have to worry about darkness and all these things. And, and I, and I realize that not only Jesus is the true light, but God himself, the Father. God is the Father and he is the Father of light. So I guess if I come to Christ... And I have a light and I become a son of light, then God is the father of light. So then I guess we are his children of light. Does that rub against some new age teaching and stuff like that? We're we're not talking about that. We're talking about what the Bible says and he says we become a child of light. You know why? Because there's goodness in you. There's light in you. How many of you know no matter what, there is hope in you? Well, no, I don't know, Pastor. I, there's been some bad things happen in my life, and there were some things that were difficult, and there were times that I've gone through, and it just doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. It's really bad. It's really tough. I'm here to tell you, no matter what, there is a, a ray of hope that is within you, and we want to be able to pull that thing out or touch that thing or illuminate that thing or flip the switch on on that to say, you know what, there is hope. In fact, the Bible says, the hope I have for you declares the Lord not to harm you but to give you what? Hope and a future. God wants to give us hope. He wants to give us a future. No matter what situation you're up against now, God wants to begin to shed his light on that situation. Can I get an amen? So look at John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, Jesus was speaking to them. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus is light. Jesus is life. Jesus is the true light. John 9, verse 5, Jesus is talking about, I am in the world and I am the light of the world. I don't know, but I think we live in a society sometimes in certain places, in certain areas, that they just don't like Jesus. They just don't like Jesus. Those are some really pessimistic people. They would be the ones that you'd give them a million dollars and they'd be in hundreds and they want it in 20. But I want you to know that Jesus is the light and he is the life and he is the truth and he is the way. He says there's no other way to the father but through through him. Let's look at chapter 12 verses 35 and 36 and so Jesus said to them for a little while longer the light is among you this is while he was with his disciples and he was getting ready to go uh, return to the Father. He said, while you have the light, so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. There's a scripture that I really want to get to now. It's 1 Peter chapter 2. And I love it because Peter really talks about being a chosen generation, a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you what? Out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I looked that word marvelous up and it means marvelous. It means fantastic. It means magnificent. So it's not just a battery running down, kind of barely glowing light bulb. Are you with me? It's a light that is a marvelous light. He called you out of darkness. Oh, come on, somebody. I was in darkness at a point in my life, and I was in darkness. I didn't know I was in darkness, because when we are in darkness, a lot of times you don't realize you're in darkness, or that there is something better, or there's something greater, or there's a greater need to be able to be into that light. But I was in the darkness, and then all of a sudden I came into the light. I was in the darkness, and then I came into the light. Now, let me ask you a question. When I stepped into the light, did everything else become perfect in my life? (laughs) No, no, far from it sometimes. I I remember a guy that I had worked with, actually had worked for me when I had worked in the grocery industry in Wilmington, North Carolina, and he had worked with me, and um, he was my right-hand man for a couple of years, and and uh and then he had gone off and had gotten another job was doing some different things and i ran into him about five years later and i'd shared with him about you know had given my life to christ and uh and he was like oh well i guess everything's hunky-dory and i was like <laughs> no but i uh, i'm attached to the light come on somebody i know that there's a light there's light there's light there's light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train so wait So when we begin to start realizing that all of a sudden we've been called out of darkness into his light. Let me ask you a question. What does darkness look like for you? I want I want some feedback. What is what is darkness? When you hear the word darkness, what do you think of anybody? What is it? Dark, can't see. What else? Evil. Okay. what else? Smells. Okay. what else? Fear. That's a good one. What else? Anger, that could be in darkness. Okay, what else? Can't move, what else? What are some things that are dark? Demonic realm, okay, what else? Okay, what else? Addictions, okay, that's good. What else? Come on, think about something that's dark. If you said, you know, wow, that's dark, what about? Loneliness can be darkness. Okay, good. Abuse. How about idolatry? How about adultery? Adultery, yeah. How about idolatry? How about superstition? Very superstition. (laughs) Huh? How about ungodliness? Disobedience? Could that be in, in darkness? Okay. What else? How about unforgiveness? How about bitterness? How about hatred. How about condemnation? Oh, come on. I think it says in Romans, there is no condemnation for those who were in Christ Jesus. So if we're in the dark, then we're being condemned. Anybody ever felt condemned? And you got to know that's from the dark. That's dark. There is, there's, there's two kingdoms at, at war here. There's the kingdom of dark and the kingdom of light. I put down ignorant for provision of salvation that God gives us. That would be a darkness. Okay, so how about we flip that? What about light? What do you what do you see when you see the light? What do you what do you see? Okay? What else? Love, love. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Wow. What else? Come on, what is it? Pro- provision. Good. Happiness. What else? Obedience, freedom. Yes. What else? Peace. That's a good one. What else? Righteousness. That's good. Devotion. It's good. Come on, guys. What else? Christy's got a bunch of them. No more. I got to help them. Let these people do something. What else? Light. Life. Truth. Happiness. What else? Goodness. Love. Got that. Yeah. What else? Loyalty. Wow. That's good. What else? Joy. Wisdom. That's a good one. That's a good one. I wrote that one down. What else? How about justice? About encouragement, achievement, courageousness. Be strong and courageous. What else, Alan? What else? Faith—that's a good one. What else? Confidence—that's really good. How about identity? How about obedience? How about divine revelation, Alan? What is it? Thoughtful, thoughtfulness, thoughtfulness—is that what you said? Good. Being thoughtful. So we can see that there's different. How about revelation? How about honor? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and? Oh, what? What is that other one? Okay, look, I'm going to be looking over you shoulder when you have lunch today. See if you got some self-control on that pizza that you might eat or whatever. Just kidding. I'm not going to be looking over your shoulder. So we can see, look. As children of light, we know what the light is, don't we? I mean, there's a lot of times it's like, well, we did this. Well, I didn't know. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I love you and I forgive you, but you need to get out of the dark and step into the light. Come on, somebody. Sometimes saying no to the right things and yes to the right things can also bring light. So I I also put down uh, wisdom. I put down truth. I put down blessing. Let's take a look at this. First Peter chapter two. The, he talks about you being, and this is you. These are people of light. See, originally when when they were talking about a royal priesthood and a, a chosen and that you're chosen generation, when you're you're a, you're a, a priest, a, a, a kingdom of priests, he was talking about Israel as a nation. But now Peter's talking about the church. He's talking about godly people. He's talking about you. Peter was talking about you a couple thousand years ago. And he wrote it down. And he put it in here so we could read it today. He said, but you are a chosen generation. Say, I'm chosen. Chosen Chosen generation. Royal priesthood. See, when you're a chosen generation, you have to realize that you are selected as his people. Look. When I, when I was growing up, I was, t- I was telling Shelly, I said, when I was in high school, um, Josiah's, Josiah's wrestling 100, and I was, a, I was in the ninth grade wrestling 100. I graduated at 124, Hayden. I, oh, and I was a senior at 124 pounds. Can you imagine that? And I said, I was always the smallest kid. So when it came for basketball time, who do you think got chose last? Are you with me? But how many of you know... No matter where you were chosen in a line like that, God has chosen you. You are so magnificent. You are so marvelous. You are so incredible. He's chosen you. He's chosen you. He's chosen you. He's chosen you. And I don't know about you, but that makes me feel good to say, man, God, you you chose me because uh, I'm his favorite. Turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor Eric, she's really his favorite. Yeah, and there's some of you are like, no, 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 I'm his favorite too. So. We could probably get into a little debate about that. Listen, listen what he's chosen you for. He's chosen you out of the world to be his. It gives me goosebumps. He's chosen you out of the world. He has chosen, you know what he's chosen you for? Eternal purposes. What? Eternal purposes. You have an eternal purpose. Your purpose is not just la-la-la, quesara sirah, whatever will be, will be. No, you have a purpose. You are chosen. You have a purpose for here. Oh, come on, somebody. And that light that's in you has a purpose of that light. And that light dispels the darkness. And anytime you're with somebody, we call it releasing the kingdom. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom, you don't have to look around. Where the kingdom, where the kingdom. The kingdom of God is here. When Jesus came, he was bringing the kingdom. And that kingdom is within you. And then when you're having a meeting, when Terry and I are talking, there's a light that all of a sudden begins to come out. And Terry's having some issues and he's dealing with some stuff and, and all of those things, and all of a sudden I'm giving him, just I'm just giving him the light. And he goes away and goes, you know what, I think I can make this. I think I'm going to be able to get through this. I think I can step through this. I think I can be a good dad. I can be a good parent and all of those things. And you can think, well, maybe he can be a good dad. <laughs> maybe he'd be a really good parent and let me do whatever I want to do. No, no, that doesn't doesn't work that way, does it? But here's the thing that I understand that all of a sudden we're releasing the kingdom and all of a sudden he's feeling better about things. Doesn't make it all right if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Are you with me? Come on. Or you're going through some things, but all of a sudden you've got to realize that, wait a minute, there is something better here. And God chose you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he chose you. Tell him he chose you. He chose you. You he could have chosen anybody else. He could have chosen other people to do other things, but he's chosen you I think about that those of you ladies that you know have children He chose you to be a parent What an honor that is What an amazing thing that is we tried to do the best we could raising our kids and trying to be involved in our grandkids We're trying to spoiling them as much as we can because god chose us to be their grandparents and we want to bless them As much as possible and here's the thing, he chose you to do that. And what an honor to be chosen. What an honor he chose me to be, she chose me to be her husband. And I want to be as much of a husband as I possibly can to her because I feel like a chosen person. I think we need to all be able to feel like a chosen person. But a lot of times we've got to be reminded, and Peter was saying, look, I want to remind you, you are a chosen generation. You are a chosen generation. You are picked by him, by God. The next thing I want us to look at is a royal priesthood. Say royal priesthood. Or I think some of the scriptures is a holy priesthood. That means royalty. I love the royalty thing. I love the royalty thing. I love the royalty thing. I've been grasping the royalty thing for about 25 years now. And and I've had to, I'm still, and I'm not there. I still haven't arrived. But I'm still trying to feel like I, I am royalty. I, I am royalty. I am royalty. I don't feel like royalty some days. Some days I feel more like royalty on some days. Some days I don't. But he also talked not only be a royal priesthood, but some versions say a holy priesthood. So being royal means to be kingly in nature. Hello, I'm very kingly in nature. I'm feeling mighty kingly today. Pineapple is a symbol of royalty. Did you know that? You ever seen bedposts and stuff like that? And they've got the pineapple on the the bedposts and stuff like that. Because pineapple is a representation of royalty. Kingly in nature. I think I'll go get a pineapple this afternoon. I'm feeling very royalty. So he wants us to be royalty, be a royal. And as a priesthood. Now this is where it really gets to where the rubber meets the road. The priesthood. You're called because we're appointed to minister. We are kings and priests. No, we're kings and priests. According to the word, we're kings and priests. We're we're appointed to minister. See, because in the Old Testament, it was the priesthood that could enter into the holy of holies. It was only the priesthood that could enter into the Holy of Holies. And then there was only certain priests that were allowed to step into the Holy of Holies. And they had to go in with a rope tied to their ankle and little bells on their feet. Because if they were unholy, then the holiness of the holies, they would die and have to pull them out with a rope. Are you with me? He's in there ministering to the Lord. What an honor to minister to the Lord. But see, now we're talking in the New Testament. Now, all of a sudden, the veil's been broken. The veil's been ripped. Are you with me? Now, you can step into the holy and holies, and you don't have to have me to have you step into the holy of holies. You can step into the holy holies of yourself. Can we give the Lord some praise for that? Because that's part of what Jesus has done for us. When he shed his blood, he allowed us to become the priests, and we were able to come in and minister. A couple of scriptures I want to give to you. I don't think I've got them up there, Mike, so just kind of hang where you are right now. But it's Romans 1.6. It says, you also are called of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 61.6 6 says, you will be called the priests of the Lord. You will be spoken of as ministers of our God. This is Isaiah prophesying many years prior that he's talking about us being ministers of our God. In the Old Testament period... Listen, God's people had a priesthood, but today you are the priesthood. How many of us would get that understanding and the light bulb come on that you are a priest? You are in the priesthood. How many of us would live our lives like I'm in the priesthood oh come on somebody you remember one time I preached a message and I talked about walking as a barefoot priest you got to be careful where you step I go out to go up to Jerry's barn out, out out near his farm out there and, and you've got to watch where you step are you with me I think they're called cow patties you, you do you have to watch where you step if you're going to somewhere like that And some of you may not, you may have the boots on, but I forgot my dress shoes. I need to watch where I step. Are you with me? Because when I come home, if I don't watch where I step, I need to watch where I step when I get home. Are you with me? So he he talks about the people had a priest to go into the Holy of Holies. But now you are that priesthood. Are we living our lives that way? Each individual has the privilege. The privilege Enter in to the Holy of Holies with the Lord God Almighty. I don't take that for granted. Because Jesus shed his cross. I keep turning around and pointing to the cross. Jesus shed his blood on that cross so I could enter into the Holy of Holies. So I could have a relationship, an intimate, personal relationship with, with the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings, with the Father, the great I am. The, come on, are you with me? I can I can have a personal relationship with him. You don't have to come to me to talk to God. We want to teach you. We want you to be get a revelation. We want you to get an understanding. We want the light bulb to come on so you can say, wait a minute, God knows how I feel right now. You don't have to go to the priest and say, uh, Pastor Eric, uh, you know, um, would you act as a mediator between me and God? Don't have to do that. You don't have you have a mediator, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is also the true light. Okay? So let me look at another scripture. Let me prove this for you. We have an individual privilege of coming into the presence of God. Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 25. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Not forsaking our assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Let me say that again. Encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near we're going to live our lives as priests what did priests do in the holy of holies they made sacrifices what kind of sacrifices would you think we would make to the lord if i don't go in and i don't i'm not going to sacrifice a lamb or a cow or a, a dove or a pigeon or okay if i am going to have that relationship with god what are some of the sacrifices that I that that are probably expected of me? Is there any? Let me give you a couple. According to Romans 12, 1 and 2, our body is to be a living sacrifice. Holy and The Word of God expects our bodies to be a living sacrifice. That doesn't mean you go cut yourself. That means, God, I'm I'm sacrificing myself, what I want, what I want. Physically, I'm looking at that. After having a heart attack a year and a half ago, and almost being with the Lord, there is some different things that I need to make sacrifices. Well, I gotta learn how to eat green. Help me, Jesus. But I I am really trying. I am really trying. In Hebrews 13, 15, he talks about giving a sacrifice of praise with our lips. So I've got a body that I can sacrifice. I can sacrifice in praise. I don't feel like praising. Praise you anyway, Lord. I don't want to praise you. I'm going to praise you anyway, Lord. I don't have nothing to praise you for. Everything's good in my life. We'll praise for somebody else. Somebody else that needs it. Somebody else that needs it. They may not know they need it. So we see our bodies as being a sacrifice. We see the lips of our praise. I'm telling you, it's hard when things aren't going your way to say, God's got a way. I've been when weeping and tears and had difficulty going on in my life and it seemed like everything was going the wrong way and everything was headed in a spiral down position and i've sat in the mirror and said god you got away how many times do you think jesus was like i don't want to do this but it's not my will but yours god looks down on the cross when they're making fun of him and yelling at him and 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 giving him a hard time those people were mean he looked at him and said father forgive them for they know not what they do if he can do that under the situation that he was going through we should be able to do it in anything in our lives so we make a sacrifice of of our bodies we make a sacrifice of praise in hebrews 13 16 he talks about making a sacrifice of doing good and sharing with others i make a sacrifice and i share with others I'd like to eat the whole pie, but I guess I'll let you all have some, too. What about when, you know, I've seen it happen. I've seen I've seen parents with their children and they're like, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm going to wait till everybody else gets something to eat. And they'll sacrifice. They'll go without. So their children can have something. They'll go without and the very last thing. And we've been in Cuba and we've been in Africa when it seems like the very thing that they were sacrificing was everything that they had and they were sacrificing for us. You know how guilty it made me feel? They didn't. They weren't trying to make us feel guilty. They were trying to honor us in the Lord. But when you're thinking they're giving you, they get $8 a month and they're on government rations and you get this chicken and rice that they haven't had chicken and rice I'm talking this was the best chicken I had had since I'd been in Cuba. And it was good. And they made that sacrifice to do good and to share with others. And sometimes we, some of us are at a point where they can just give out of their overflow. <laughs> I want, to, I want everybody in here to be able to be to where you can just give out of your overflow. You don't even have to think about it. You can just say, okay, God, what about this? Boom, let's do it. What about that? Boom, let's do it. Hey, what about that? Let's do it. We could take up an offering. I was thinking about taking up an offering today and just have you guys get up and take your wallet and checkbook and give it to your neighbor. And let your neighbor write a check for you. See, when it's not, uh, I'm serious. When it's not yours, you have no problem giving it. <laughs> Kelly can look at Debbie and then... Debbie's going to write a check off Kelly's checkbook and go, I'm writing this one, a big one. You're giving really good today. Are You You know what I mean? But it really comes down to it. And when we look at it, it's a sacrifice for us. And he talks about it being a sacrifice in Philippians chapter 4. You can look it up later, verses 10 through 20. He talks about the money and the material things being a sacrifice. Paul, that a church, that they had come in and they had more than best meet his needs. And it was an overabundance. It was a flowing. And the, the church was willing to give. And they, they gave out of everything. They gave out of a, a sacrifice. And there's some of you I know that it's a sacrifice to give or to tithe or to, 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 to sow into the kingdom of God. And it's a real sacrifice. I know of a situation where a guy walked down the aisle, told me later, he said, I had $5. It was the last $5 to my name. And he put it in that basket. And he said, God, this is yours. And the very next day God he got a job and he got he got employment and then all of a sudden these things began to start happening in his life and it was like, What's going on? And I was just like, You can't outgive God. I made a sacrifice. I make a sacrifice to give of my my body, my lips of praise and doing good. I'm gonna have the worship team if you guys come on up, if you will. Doing good and sharing and money and material needs. See, God wanted his people in Israel to become a kingdom of priests. Israel to be a kingdom of priests. And now the church is a kingdom of priests. The very thing that he wanted for Israel, we're beginning to walk into. When you're a kingdom of priests, when you're a royal priesthood, you have to understand that you have a spiritual influence that others don't have. Why? Because you're chosen. You got a spiritual influence that others don't have and you may not even realize the influence that you've got but you've got it but it's also about caring for others let's take a look at the next one he talks about a holy nation say holy nation no longer worshiping other gods israel no longer worshiping other gods it became a holy nation israel was no longer rejected Man, isn't that amazing that all of a sudden you're part of a family and, and your family is accepted. And they accept you. How many of you know there is no black sheep in the family of God? And if we feel that way, if I feel that way, and there's times I've felt that way, but I realize it wasn't the kingdom of light had making me feel that way. It was the kingdom of dark making me feel that way. How many of you know that God makes us holy? Look. Look. What Christ has done on the cross has made me holy. Well, pastor, can you come and worship the Lord and lift up your hands in praise? Yes, I can. It's kind of like Paul. Paul killed Stephen. He was there at the stoning of Stephen. And they stoned. They literally threw rocks and they killed Stephen until he died. And they would come and they would lay their coats down at Paul's feet He was there. But then you fast forward 20 years later. He's standing in front of King Agrippa in Rome. And he tells the king, he said, he said, I've wronged no man. I read that and I was like, is that the same guy? How can he say I've wronged no man when he stood in front of the king and yet he was involved in the stoning of Stephen? Because it was the righteousness of God that made him holy. It was the righteousness of God of what Jesus has done that made him worthy. Come on, somebody. He is now a chosen priesthood, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. He was holy before the Lord and he could stand there and say I've wronged nobody. Praise God that God... Takes our past and he throws it away. Come on, he removes it from us. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for removing the past past away from us? So it's a holy nation. Say holy nation. No longer rejected. God makes them holy. And the last one is a people of God's own possession. You know, some versions have a a peculiar people. You know, that word peculiar literally means purchased at a great price. Christ. That word literally means an acquisition. Say that acquisition. Can you say it? Acquisition. God made an exchange. He acquired you as a chosen generation, made you a royal priesthood, made you a holy nation by the acquisition of you by sending his Son. To die on the cross, to shed his blood, to pay the penalty. Are you with me? To become the judgment once and for all. And what a great price. Why? Why? Why would a loving God? Why would a Creator God? Why would a God uh, that that cares for me? Why would He send His only Son to die for me? Why would He do those things? Why would He do that? Doesn't He know what I am? I'm nothing. I'm no good. I'm, I'm just I'm my I'm, I'm, whatever I got's like filthy rags. The Bible talks about. He says because. He can proclaim, I can begin to proclaim the excellencies of him who has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light and that I couldn't do it on or by myself. It had to be what Christ has done for me so I can proclaim, declare that God, you are the light. Hallelujah. I can't do it on myself. I can't, I'm not good enough. I'm not great enough. I don't make enough money. I don't do all these things. I can't do enough good deeds. It would be what Jesus has done for us. He's called me out of darkness into his light. Come on, let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. On, let's give him some praise. He's called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's called me out. He chose me. I was the last one blind, And he said, Eric. You're on my team. Kind of like Russell Westbrook. He may not have got chose first, but he's on the team. Can I get an amen? Amen. He chose us. He pulled us out of darkness. Why? So I can go let my light shine. Will you stand to your feet and let's worship the Lord. Let's begin to praise him. Let's begin to praise him for for who he is and for calling you out of darkness into the marvelous world. Glorious, wonderful, spectacular, awesome. Any adjective you come up with, he's called you out of the darkness into the light. Let's begin to worship him today in just a great way. Now listen, during worship this morning, we're going to leave it open. As you come and give your tithes and offerings to the Lord, you give as the Lord leads. You come up at any time and come and bring that, that offering to the Lord this morning. Let me, let's, as we enter into this worship, let me pray for you. Father, just raise your hands to the Lord. Father, I thank you that we are stepping into the light that you have for us. God, I thank you that you are the one that have called us. You're the one that have chosen us. You're the one that have made us royal. You're the one that's made us holy. You're the one that's brought us out of darkness into light. And we give you thanks and praise for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.